Welcome to Are We Pretty, a podcast dedicated to highlighting all things drag. I'm Annalie Duchesne. And this is Miami Rose. Whether you're a full-time drag queen or an inner... I hope I fucked it up. <laughs> the break! Oh my God, this break has broken me. This was a broke. We took a broke. Uh, scratch that, rewind, here we go again. And this is Miami Rose. Whether you're a fan of drag or a full-time entertainer, this is the podcast for you. Each and every single episode is cram-packed with drag news, exclusive interviews, and a weekly topic that'll leave you gagging for more. This week, we talk to fashion legend Javon Love, and we do an end-of-the-year recap. So get ready to get into it. This is... All We Pretty. Oh. <laughs> All right, we are here. We're here. We're back. Oh my God, finally. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, we took a break because of the holy days, and uh, we're back. Actually, how was the break for you? Did anything interesting happen, or or what? Yeah, I um just did the holidays. Basically, just did nothing. <laughs> And it was great. I needed the break. I needed a little time to not think about editing this podcast, but I'm so (laughs) glad to be back. I'm so glad to be here and I'm ready to power through 2022. What about you? Yeah, I'm also ready for, actually, I don't want to power through 2022. I want it to be chill. I want to enjoy it, but I I know how it is. Powering through is what's going to end up happening. Um, My break has been, was really cute. Um, I still have another like week of being able to just be at home and to do what I need to do and to chill before I have to get back to work. Um, We did like a 10 day Texas drive. We visited my family. We visited uh, my husband's family and uh, yeah. Oh, I performed. I performed in Little Rock. Um, I did a promo for a thing that's going to come out soon. I'm excited for people to see that. And uh, yeah, that's it. Lots of exciting things on the front for both Annalie and myself. I am so excited to get into 2022. But first, I feel like, you know, we have had a great year of podcasting. It's been great. We've had how many episodes now? Is this, this will be the 20th, right? No, this will be number 19. Oh, well, okay. I'm uneducated. That's fine. Well, we've done (laughs) 19 podcast episodes so far. Um, And I feel like what else? can we do other than, you know, review what we've done so far? So we are going to do a countdown of our top 10 favorite moments from the pod. Now we've both hand selected five each. um, And uh, we are going to go ahead and get into those. Are you, are you ready to break down the year? Yeah. um, Are we we doing this? Like uh, we'll each do our number five, our number four, number three, number two, number one. Kind of, kind of thing? Yeah, I think I think we can do that. Because, okay, well, one, we didn't make a top 10 list. We just did two top fives. So that, I think that works, yeah. <laughs> so I take back what I said. We're counting down <laughs> each of our top five moments. Um, listen, if this podcast was scripted, it would be boring. So this is, <laughs> this is why we don't prepare. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm actually really excited of this idea. Um, I love the pod and I think reflecting on what we've done so far in 2021 is cute. And I am so excited to see what happens in 2022 with the pod. So let's get into it. Get into it. Play the thing. Do it. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, get into it. Wow. 
Um, well, should we, do you want to go first or should I? Yeah, I, I can go first. I think, uh, oh, Wait, yeah, okay. no, I feel like we need like an intro to this before we start. Okay. So we are going to do the 2021 recap. Beep, 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 beep. Where's, where's the button? Where's the button? Okay. So something coming in 2022 is definitely a better soundboard. Miami has figured out the volumes, the levels, the systems. Um, and that sounded good. Yeah, it sounded really good. I think for the first time in podcast history, we haven't had the uh, sound effects cut out this episode so far. Work. Well. So yeah, get into that, bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking and getting into things. Let's jump into these uh, top five moments. So we're going to do little flashback moments of each of the things so you guys can really uh, reflect and remember. Um, Annalie, why don't you go ahead and start with your your top five moment? Yeah, so at number five for me, here's the thing. Our <laughs> fake intern, Rachel, has been one of the most silliest things to come out of this pod. I reference Rachel in my real life like, like she's really real. Um, and just anytime that we talk shit about Rachel, just it it just tickles me. And so that's my top five is us dogging Rachel and insert clips here. Here's what happened, y'all. Um, we fired our entire production team because they were doing a shit job. And because of that, we don't have any news prepared. for Rachel, this. I told you not to come back in. We literally just terminated you. Get out. You're not welcome. We are doing this solo. We do not need you here. Go home. Especially you, Rachel. You're the worst. God. Yeah, she doesn't wear deodorant. Ugh. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Rachel for me is is the thing. What's your top five? Fuck Rachel. Um, (laughs) My top five moment is uh, the advice questions from the question and answer portions of the interviews. I think they are the funniest questions that we get. They're always crazy. And my, one of my personal favorites, well, we'll just play the clip. So here you go. It has to be read. It's so good. Um, and Annalie doesn't know what it says. Go ahead. Okay. okay, so here we go. Also, the last time I did this, I could not get through the question. I kept laughing. Okay, here we go. And if it's a serious question, I'm not laughing at you or the question. I This this is a lot. Okay, here we go. I'm already laughing. Okay. Hi, friends. I'm loving the podcast so far, and I'm needing some advice. I can't do this. Recently, I started seeing this guy. I'm an older woman, and I haven't been with a man in years. So I've been really excited to get back into a relationship. Here's the problem. We've had, this is long, we've had sex a few times, and each time he's been wanting to do more than just regular sex. He suggested we try anal, but I have no idea how to prepare for that. Should I do it? What do I need to prepare myself? I'm scared. I might not be adventurous enough to try it, but I like him, so I'm stuck on what I should do. Much love. Wow. Um, you know what, actually, uh, again, I wasn't laughing at you or the, uh, I was just laughing at the situation. I would say a big important thing here is to communicate that to, to the person. If they really want to try that, great. 
And if you're not ready for it, communicate that to them. And if they are going to be the type of person who's like, well, try it or get out of my life, then get out of their life. If you're not ready to do something sexually um, or non-sexually, if you're not ready to take whatever steps for the next relationship, the next part of the relationship, communicate that. And if they're not into how you're communicating it, then maybe you shouldn't be into them. That's what I say. Try poppers. Honestly. <laughs> try poppers. Yeah. Get a popper. You, if you don't know what poppers are, then you can get them at the sex shop. But some sex shops, you can't be like, can I get poppers? Because they won't sell them to you. Um, but just, you know, ask for a popper. What it does is it it relaxes your butthole. And basically two hits and anything fits. So just really try that. Also, start with the finger. Maybe don't start with the whole arm. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes it's not prepped and ready to go. You're going to have to like warm yourself up for it. Anal, it, listen, butt stuff is a journey. It's a journey. It's a long a road. It's, it's not just going to be, you know, a quick trip to the store. Honey, this is a trek across America. You're going to have to prep. You're going to have to pack that bag deep and heavy. I love this. This is where we're really putting our editing to the test. Um, and my number four spot. Um, so one of my favorite things from this pod is the soundboard. I fucking love the Miami soundboard. And the first time that I heard, actually, you know what? I'm just going to let y'all hear it. The first time that I heard this, I literally died. So let's go listen to it. Oops, we unplugged the internet. Oopsie whoopsie. I feel like yeah. that didn't happen. I feel like it uh, didn't happen. I feel like I need to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to Nancy <laughs> Drew my way into figuring out what the fuck is going on. Did I lie? Did I lie? Did I fucking lie? <laughs> well, Miami, if it helps you feel better, I, I'm the one who unplugged the internet today. So it was an accident. I'm sorry. Yeah, get into it. Did I lie? Did I fucking lie? I feel like, you know what? That actually is such a good uh, sound clip, but the old soundboard never did it justice because it would always cut out. So I feel like we should listen to it in its full glory now that I've fixed the soundboard yeah. after 19 episodes. So let me find it on my list. Now, keep in yes. mind, I have... 25 sounds and none of them are named so it's just i don't i don't know which one which so okay where's this is great we're paying homage to the soundboard oh i found okay ready here it is did i lie did i fucking lie so for anyone wondering what the sounds actually sounds like like i know for a fact you could never tell what it was that's what the sound is it's it makes it honestly funnier when it never worked like so <laughs> stupid wow speaking of stupid wait that's a bad that's a bad segue because mine is <laughs> something that's not stupid is something that's not stupid is my my number four um i said that uh i appreciate the guests that we've had each week we've had all kinds of guests from all over the world and it's honestly been kind of crazy, the uh, amount of people from different places that we've grabbed. So let me just do a little compilation of some of the of us introducing the guests. Please welcome all the way from the other side of our phone screens. It is the wonderful, the talented Miss 
Christine Decay. The one and only Miss McKenna Michaels. The one and only Harry Kate Olsen from Little Rock, Arkansas. Miss Gianna Colucci. It is the wonderful, the talented, the amazing Slim Pickens. Hello. Hi. Is this where I say hi? (laughs) We have the one and only Zoe Adams. We have Taylor Madison Monroe. That is Taylor, it. Say hi to the people. Hey, everybody. It's 3DP, three dead presidents. Yes, let's get presidential. And we have an amazing guest today. Her name is Lexi Brenton. Lexi, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Tell us who you are and uh, what's going on. Uh, so I am J.R. Stone. I am a male lead or male entertainer or male drag king. You know, it goes either way. And today we are going to be talking with a super special guest all the way from across the river. It is the wonderful, the talented Miss Luna Luella. I'm so excited to be talking to this person today who I think we've already named or we would have already named um, Miss Classy Couture. Her name is Amology Raven. She is a queen who I believe is based out of West Texas. Um, Amology, say hi. Yes. Hi, everybody. You're making me sound much bigger than I really am. Please welcome to the stage the wonderful talents of Touche Duche. All the way from across the pond, love, it is the wonderful, the talented Miss Iris LaFleur. We have the amazing Spank Knightley. And we have the one, the only, the sometimes hairy, the always scary. I don't know what else to say about her. Miss Holly Matrimony Olsen. He's a Holly Matrimony. (laughs) Y'all are dumb. I just love that we've had guests in general. Um, You know, a lot of this is us just asking like, hey, do you want to be on this thing? And people saying yes. Um, I do like that in in more recent times, it's been people coming to us seeing if they could be on on the pod. Um, But I've loved everyone. Yeah, it's fierce. We love it. Speaking of fierce, um, what is, did you say your top four? Yes, it was the, the, did I fucking lie? Uh, My, I'll do my number three though. Um, uh, so there was, I don't remember what episode it was. I imagine we'll play a clip from it, but um, it was when you were reading the dog shit out of me because of the way that I took care or the way that I did not take care of the wig that you made me. Let's actually relive that moment. Hey, Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, fuck a wig. Um, speaking of wigs, how is the wig that I made you going? Okay, the wig you made me, um, she's definitely, she's fallen out in, in like a place, but also that's mostly mine and, and Scott's fault, or Tara Bell, I, I don't know what to call him. Um, that's mostly our fault. We don't really have a lot of good space and storage. Um <clears throat> We've tried here and there to make stuff happen in our garage, but then it gets so hot in there. And so she's mostly good. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just gonna have to like, I'm just gonna have to help her out a little bit, you know? Um, but I will be wearing her uh, this coming Saturday, I guess whenever this comes out this past Saturday, whatever, she's gonna be worn again. Pictures will be somewhere, maybe even a video, um, but she's doing good. She's keeping it cute. And I love that you're like, it was mostly your fault, implying that my styling is inaccurate. 
when in actuality, the night after, this is for the fucking record. The night after War of the Roses, I was like, bitch, we got to get the fuck out of here. It is too late. I walk outside only to see Annalie with the wig upside down in her hand, grasp in the fist. It looked like a fucking rotted dead dog in your hand the way you were holding it. I was like, this bitch just fucking, she wore that wig one time and said, you know what? Fuck this wig. And I live for it. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, I can't wait to see what it looks like. I can't wait to see what it looks like the next time you wear it, because I, I, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be war torn. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. Um, if you ever have a shitty wig, uh, and I see you with it, I will hurt your feelings. Um, for me, my third favorite thing about the pod is the fart sound effect. So yeah, get into that. Did you want it? Yesterday we did it at the same time. Do you want to do we it? Can at try the same time? it. Let's try. Okay. Yeah, let's try to see if it works. Ready? One, okay. two, three. This are is. Are we? Oh shit! Are we? Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Wow! Wow! Okay. <laughs> are we pretty? Wait, okay, one, two, three. Are we pretty? I thought you were going to say this is. Okay, so we're just going to say, are we pretty on three? Got it. I'm here with you. Amazing. (laughs) Soundboard. Yeah, I love the fart reverb sound effect. Um, I... I think the first time I heard it was in your videos that you um, that you used to record on on YouTube. Um, that fart always got me together. Yeah, so thank and you. it continues to get everyone together every single week. And I appreciate the fart. It has made us all the money <laughs> that uh, this podcast will allow us to make. Yeah, <laughs> and here's the thing. That sound was actually all up and through my number two top moment for me which was uh our amazing iconic like idea of dooming and blooming uh the competitors of war of the roses season three um i loved it i know some people maybe didn't really like it that much because you know feelings or whatever but um you know what this is drag and it was a competition we're allowed to have opinions and we have a podcast so we're allowed to voice them um, but I loved Dooming and Blooming. I thought it was such a fun, fun moment that we did. One of my favorite Doom and Bloom moments was, take a listen. Wait, no, we didn't. We didn't talk about the runways at all. Let's quickly talk about the runways. Who was who was in the top for you for runways? Oh bottom? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's let's do our let's do a toot and a boot. Should we should we toot and boot? Oh. Should we call it a different name? Yeah, let's. We can toot and boot. And this in no way is is like us being mean. Um, I've, I'm, I've booted some of my, I mean, it's mean, but I, you know, it, it is what it is. It's our opinions. It doesn't mean it's the truth. It, it's my truth. Um, look, not all my looks were amazing. I boot my own looks every day. It's all love here. Yeah. But. I have clunkers at every show. Like, so <laughs> I have no room to talk, but here's the thing. <laughs> at the same time, I do love to talk. That's why I have a podcast and we're filling up time. So we're going to talk shit. That is the magic <laughs> of podcasting, baby. Um, but we're going to keep it light and airy like a fart. So um, yes. we're going to, what should we call this toot and boot section? What should we call it? 
Like whatever. Oh, instead word. of instead of like yeah, a, we can't use Toot and Boot because Raja and Raven are gonna fucking key our cars. We're gonna have to come up with something else. Um, maybe it could be something about flowers since it's War of the Roses. So like our it's blooms a rose. and dooms. Ooh, the blooms and dooms. Boom, that's what it is. Ooh, blooms and dooms. Okay, okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. <laughs> All right, we are going to do uh, Blooms and Dooms of the week. And again, I just have to say, this is only with love. Oh, by the That's way, it. Bloom bloom means we like it, and Doom means we don't. <laughs> just that way you guys don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't get it twisted. My number two spot are the bleeps. Um, I love all the tea that we get on the pod. And my favorite Girl. part about getting all the tea is that we are the only two that know. It is great, it is amazing. Um, and my my personal favorite bleep moment is this one. Let's take a listen. So, cut forward. It's one night we go to So me way, we go straight up to the dressing room. So we're putting on the clothes and we're putting on all these wigs and shit. Well, one of these wigs happened to be He was like a good sis, uh. fuck a a saint a drag god honestly um and finds one of her wigs and it's a wig wigs by golgi it's like a fucking nice ornately done actually it wasn't that one but i think it still wasn't golgi it was like a cloth kind of pageant wig so she puts it on and we take a couple snaps in it and like we go downstairs out to the smoking area and mind you we are like lit Okay, we're like past the point of no return. Phantom of the Opera, keep your hand at the level of your eyes. Okay, like it was crazy. So there's like one video of like twerking and she's wearing the wig, right? <laughs> no harm came to this wig that, that I can remember that I am aware of. Nothing crazy happened. It was worn for maybe a span of 10 minutes, maybe. Put the wig back up, we leave. The next day, the day after, I don't know, I think, uh, had like a pageant or something she had to go to or you know an event she had to wear and look like stunning as she always does and apparently it was off a little bit right and they go online and just start fucking harping at at and is like so fucking nice and would never mean any harm to anyone's personal property or stuff like that like didn't even think she'd done anything to this wig spiraled so bad she deleted she still doesn't have facebook to this day because of this issue because like we're talking people just coming in just like fucking talking shit and threats and like all this disgusting shit was said and so ever since then i was just like i wouldn't mind if she were to like choke (laughs) 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 wow yeah yeah um keep it um, I also love the bleeps. Um, Do you have a favorite bleep moment? Or is it the same one? So it is it is that one, but I also really like the the bleeps that we were doing so we would not um so that people wouldn't know where pristine, pristine moves. <laughs> <laughs> play that one too. We're gonna we're gonna play okay. that one. Y'all yeah. can listen to that. That's funny. Yes, with Christine Decay, who was our first guest on the pod, but you know she's moving to, uh, out of Memphis to go to. I'm not going to tell you where, or or maybe I'll say it and we'll bleep it. Yeah, we can bleep it. Go ahead. Say, Great, say she's it. <laughs> right. She's moving. To- 
Okay, yeah, it worked. Yeah. Well, Woo. is that a beach? <laughs> <laughs> is it a beach or is it just a town called? <laughs> you know how like you know how like Oklahoma City is that in Oklahoma? <laughs> Wait, no, no. It's so, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, Beach is a vibrant coastal city with unique districts open year round. Do we know her um, address yet? I'm trying to dox her. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Um, I do I do see that the area code is Okay. Work. Yeah, we're well, gonna believe everything. I hope well, there's that. Um, Christine, we will miss you. You are a Memphis legend, and I can't wait to see what you do in There's so many bleeps already. Um, but this is my farewell to you and uh bye bitch. what was your what was your number one spot okay this look miami i've said this time and time again you're one of the funniest people that i know you say the dumbest shit ever and it's just so funny i uh i forget we're gonna play it i forget why you said this but you said you said the phrase, I'm not the brightest bitch in the sky. And for whatever reason, I just, I live with that in my head. I randomly laugh about it when I'm just not thinking about anything. And that phrase pops into my head. Um, so let, let's take a listen to it. You also had like a trivia thing, didn't you? How was that? Like a virtual trivia yeah, thing? I, I did a virtual trivia with my drag mother, Bella Dubois. Um, and it was really fun, honestly. It was about um, queer history and just a bunch of queer facts. And it was really fun. I learned a lot. Let me tell y'all right now, I'm not the brightest uh, bitch in the sky when it comes to uh, <laughs> when it comes to trivia or knowledge or books or science or math or technology or driving or walking or breathing or blinking. So um, honestly, I learned a lot. Like I didn't, I didn't know I, if I'm being honest, I didn't know any answers like to the entire thing. And there was like 15 questions and they, according to the people that put it on, they were easy questions to do. And I was like, easy, baby, I'm easy. These questions are not easy. These questions have, are not easy. I, I'm still laughing. <laughs> You not being the brightest bitch in the sky. <laughs> I meant to say star, but you know I have to put a bitch in there somewhere. Uh, uh. Wow, who knew that I would end up number one on something? I love it. Um, my personal favorite <laughs> top moment of the pod so far um, is when the bird hit my window. <laughs> I think this moment speaks for itself. So we're just going to take a listen. We're just going to take a listen. Here we go. Not you being stoned on the pod. We love it. Um, all right. Speaking of getting stoned. Oh, shit. What was that? Bitch, a bird just hit the window. Okay. Anyway, um, full speed ahead, bitch. She said, you know what? I am going to just, she said, this pod is depressing, bitch. I am flying into this window. Um, <laughs> so we are going, like the bird, we are going to fly into these questions. Um, I don't, I, this is, uh, too fucking much. Okay, so. I think that's a good sign. That's a, I think that's a sign for, like, um, 
renew Is or it? rebirth or something. I have to search that up. Hold on. Yeah. Would you say the bird did a death drop? Not death. Not <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody come to Annalise's house and just unplug her computer, please. I'm so over her. And then my head hit the wall. Boom. Wow. Um, shout out to that bird. She single-handedly paid our rent. And I honestly, I don't know what happened to it. We have a lot of cats outside. Um, the neighbors have like wild. I don't know if they're wild. I don't know. But anyway, there's cats outside. So it might have gotten snatched, um, but it also could have flew away. So we will never know the fate of that bird. Wow. Well, speaking of birds, the the word of the bird and the bird is the word is that uh, we have an incredible guest. Actually, are we segueing into the new thing? Before we do that, I think um, yeah. we should very quickly talk about what we want out of this podcast in 2022 because I we love it. A chapter, we're opening a new chapter with this episode. This is basically us, you know, starting season two. Um, so, uh, yeah, what are we what are we talking so this what do is you the want to experience. Wow, officially season two. Um, <laughs> um hmm, I do. Um, so look, I think one of the big things that for me that this pod is great is because we get to highlight local performers um from everywhere. So I definitely want to keep that element to this. Um yeah. I, and honestly, I just want to keep doing what we're doing, and I just want to keep getting listeners, and I want this to like. I don't know, to grow more, to get more listeners. Um, other other than that, I don't really know. I just want to keep having fun with this. Um, and, oh, I will say we found out that we are now being listened to in Canada. So what? We are international for real, for real. Yeah, that makes what? That's uh, listeners in Canada and in Germany. Yeah. It's wild. Oh yeah. In case you didn't know, we're all, we've also got fans in Germany. So, right. Well, shout out to our international fans. Please send us Canadian bacon and sauerkraut, <laughs> and we will love you forever. Um, speaking of Canadian bacon and sauerkraut, wait. What next do you guess? What do you want? What do you want from the new year? Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. Wait. <laughs> um, for me, I don't know. I I really just I want to hear more stories. And I honestly, I would like to get like at least a few really big names on the pod. Yeah. Like I want to hear from the perspective of some gay legends. And I feel like it's bound to happen. Eventually we are going to get um, a big moment and I'm, I'm excited for it. Not that any of our guests haven't been amazing. Everyone has been so good, but like, bitch, I just feel like we are on an upward trajectory and I can't wait to see where we go. Yeah, honestly, I have in my mind, um, Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange from Sibling Rivalry are going to come do the pod with us. It's, it's, I'm going to manifest it. Right. They can argue the whole time and we can just uh, benefit from the clout. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Speaking of uh, clout, this next diva is such a icon, such a legend and such a moment. I'm so excited to dive into this guest are you excited to meet our guest and talk oh yeah i've never seen this guest in person but i've been following them on social media for a hot hot minute and literally everything they do i am obsessed so i'm ready yeah well i'm gonna go grab a drink 
and we are going to be right back. So enjoy the commercials and we'll see you in a second. Bye. All right. Welcome back from that break. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Here's the thing, though. I promise you, you're not going to enjoy it as much as you will enjoy this next guest that we have. This is another one that me and Miami do not know. We, again, are just really taking some really fun risks here and talking to people we've never talked to. And so I would love to introduce you to Miss Javon Love. Hello. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Good morning and good night to whoever. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Get into it. Yes, get into it. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we're excited you. to have you. Oh, not us. Uh, we've been oh. doing this shit all day. We literally have been talking <laughs> all day. We're usually so good at like balancing back and forth. Anyway, before that bitch interrupted me, uh, how <laughs> how's to... you been? How's the pandemic been treating you, Diva? I have been um, doing a lot better. I think when the pandemic first hit, it was kind of like a shock to all of us. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I know like I had a lot of gigs lined up and I was like, oh, this is my year. Like 2020 is about to be my year. And then March hit and I like all of my gigs were getting canceled left and right. Um, And it was kind of a struggle for like the first couple months. But um, I don't know if anyone is familiar with the drive, uh, driveway drag shows. One of my um, like... Uh, I guess drag employees like her name is Michelle Levine she started doing driveway drag shows and she'd go to people's houses and we just like perform you know for like a fee in front of their uh, garage and then we just like drive around and do like two numbers so that was like how I was able to like still be able to do drag when the pandemic first started so it was kind of scary but it was nice that we could still thrive you know even though the world was kind of in chaos (laughs) and cot still kind of (laughs) is Wait, that is so fierce. So you said that y'all would drive around and just perform in people's yards? That's amazing. Yes. Like she would um get, because she made a joke on Facebook, I believe. And she was like, um, who would want me to come to their driveway and just perform for them? And like, she got a lot of really good like feedback. So she was like, okay, well, if y'all are serious, like this is how much I would charge. And people were like, yeah, let's do it. So she has been doing them, I think, since um, the beginning of the pandemic. And she's done over 700 shows, I believe now. Like she has been doing it ever since and it has not like stopped or like slowed down. 700 shows in 700 That's shows. amazing. That's- yeah, I was like, that's so innovative, you know? Yeah, you know, we've we've said this before on, on this podcast. Um, when the pandemic happened, you know, it it really did not stop. It stopped the bars moments, but it also did not stop drag at all. It just mm-hmm. gave us opportunities to be creative in ways that we hadn't. And I fucking love the the idea of performing in just someone's yard and someone's driveway. I think that's really great. Yes, I've had so many like fun and crazy experiences. And I think it was just nice to be able to um, still be able to interact with people, but still be socially distanced. And also just, you know, like you said, still be able to do what we love because we're artists at the end of the day. And you know, in these times, art is very important. And um, doing the virtual shows as well, I think was like something that was so fun and creative to do as a performer who's used to doing club shows. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to know, how did you get your start with drag? How'd you find the art form? How did you, uh, what was your first time on stage like? That was a lot. Okay, work. <laughs> um, right, well, I started in just being like kind of a club kid. Um, so when I turned 18, I remember my friend took me out to uh, the club and I was like, this is my like time. Like I've always loved fashion and just like 
being openly, you know, flamboyant. So I was like, a gay club sounds like my thing. And there was this um, part of the like show where the queens would just like walk, like it was just, you know, a couple gays and they would all just like stand in line and just walk to a song, like the walk for me, walk for me. And I was, my friend was like, you don't want to go up there because you know, those are like the serious gays. Like, you know, you don't know, you don't want to go up there. So I was like, I'll go up there. And ever since then, I just like got this stage bug, I guess, where I just get really excited to go and entertain people. Um, so I just started dancing for like a year, like just for fun. And somebody was like, you should perform. And then I tried it and I loved it. And ever since then, um, I've just been doing drag for about five years now. And it's just really opened my eyes to like something that I never knew I was, you know, gonna do. <laughs> yeah, your looks are so fucking fierce. I've never seen them in person. I've only seen it, um, you know, through social media. But damn, you truly you. are, I would say you are a fashion diva queen. You're, I mean, you're just so good. Uh, there's, there is this one video that I think of though, when I think of, uh, when I think of you, cause I think of you often, Javon, no. Um, oh my God. Right. You, you did, you did, you did a video with Charlie XCX's Drive. Yeah, is, Vroom Vroom. Yeah, Vroom Vroom, uh, thank you. That's what it is. My it song. Is so good. Thank you so much. When I tell you, I am like a stan of that song. And like, I still listen to it like almost every day in my car, like Charlie snapped. So I was like, I have to really do something that's gonna like, you know, be like representative of the video. And I was like, it's the pandemic. No one's really in a parking lot right now. Why don't I just do some like, you know, really cool alien shit like in a parking lot, you know? And when, when weed abounds, ideas happen. <laughs> Uh, I am curious to know where are you based out of and what's the scene like where you are? I am based out of Virginia. Um, I am a Richmond performer, but I'm based in like Virginia Beach, all around Hampton Roads, Richmond. Um, but I got my start in Virginia Beach. Yeah, Virginia Beach is a legacy location on the pod. We've, actually, we beeped it out. We might have to beep it out again. Uh, <laughs> Because, well, it's a long story. Long story short, fuck you, Pristine Decay. I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, I was love her. We say love their her. names. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we love her so much. Um, speaking of love, one Ooh. thing that I don't necessarily love about drag, but I feel like it has definitely been a huge impact on our culture is the beauty standards that exist within drag. Uh, I know that was Very something... Bad talk about today so why don't you tell us a little bit about the beauty standards that exist within drag so I know when I first started drag um, my first performance I didn't wear body I didn't wear a wig and my makeup was um crunchy to say the least but it was like this fun like just art experiment for me where I could just kind of express myself and just do what I love freely and I will say that I do think beauty standards, um, at least in certain scenes of drag can be very uh, traditional in the sense of like, you know, they want you to wear pads, they want you to wear, you know, nails and lashes and everything like that. Um, which I understand the female impersonation side, but I think that drag has evolved into something more than just um, getting up into female impersonation like it is divulged into an art form of just doing whatever you feel creative 
and expressive. And I guess I've always kind of been conflicted between those two worlds of like mixing art um, and I guess like a little bit of female impersonation that I like started with together, you know, and trying to combine those two things in a way, if that makes sense. <laughs> Would you say that your scene falls more on like the, I don't want to like stare, what is the word? Almost the stereotype. stereotype. There we go. I don't want to stereotype your entire scene but would you say that your scene is like a majority like pageanty based or are they more like alternative drag artsy drag how would you say your scene mostly is because here in Arkansas it is very pageant based um all like the big clubs that make all the money those are the ones where all the pageanty girls go so I'm curious Um, to know like about yours I feel like so Richmond I feel like is very um diverse and I feel like it has a lot of um different performers and Virginia Beach and like well the Hampton Roads area it's a little I feel like more on the pageantry side um there is definitely a I feel like divulgence of new and different performers coming out and like different drag coming out and it's really getting a lot more alternative in Hampton Roads so it's kind of becoming a little bit more diverse, but I would say Hampton Roads started off definitely being more of that like pageantry scene for sure. Richmond's always been very kind of like the alternative part, um, but I do feel like it's growing in that area for sure. Yeah, so thinking about the topic of, of like beauty standards, who are some of your beauty icons or your beauty references? Okay, so like, of course, like any other, um, you know, Black fashion icon, I had to say Naomi Campbell. Um, surprisingly enough, I am a, a super fan of Shea Coulee. So when I saw her on her season, I was like an extremely inspired by her. Um, I love 90s supermodels and just playing with different eras and trying to bring it into a modern um, or futuristic style. Janelle Monet is definitely another one of my biggest fashion inspirations. I think that she always does this really androgynous and just like, just very beautiful art form that still plays on femininity and just mixing it with art. So anything that's like kind of gender been like gender fuck and also um, just beautiful and stunning. <laughs> um, I do have a question about the beauty standards that exist in drag and how have you how long have you been doing drag I have a follow-up question so how long have you been doing drag I've been doing drag for five years okay about five and a half now yeah yeah you know I think I've been doing it about the same maybe six um but I I think about the same uh my question that I was going to ask though was how have you seen the standards evolve over your time being in drag So I know when I first started drag, um, at least in my area, there was not a large scene for, um, like, I didn't really see a lot of performers that were doing, um, like, for instance, spooky drag where I was performing at, or just like alternative drag. Um, It was more, you know, coming out and just the pageantry or, you know, just coming out and doing like dancing numbers and things. But I didn't really see a like resurgence until my third year of drag. And I started really seeing more alternative performers and, um, you know, like drag kings and different people coming out and performing. So 
that's, I would say like probably my third year, which was in 2017 is when I really started to see the, you know, like the growth. Do you feel like the having a standard of beauty, do you feel like that's a good thing or a bad thing? I think it depends on um, how you use it. Like for me, I know that there's certain parts of beauty standards that I, I guess, particularly enjoy, like modifying my hair color, you know, when like, I don't know about y'all, but when I'm like feeling sad, I'm like, you know, I think that changing my hair color would like, or getting a haircut would just make me feel like really good. And now looking, like I get a haircut and I'm like, oh, you know, after I was feeling like, okay, I was a little, I was looking a little crazy before. Or, you know, simple things like that or like getting my nails done makes me feel more like glamorous with my hands. Like different beauty centers like that, I feel like, but where I feel like it can become damaging is when you start to, I guess, base your self-esteem off of like beauty standards or our society telling us that something is, you know, a certain beauty standard or a certain body type or something is acceptable but another person's body type isn't, or people who do something may be more acceptable than other people, you know, with certain beauty standards. I feel like there's a thin line or like a line where it starts to become more toxic than you anticipate. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think, you know, everybody has some sort of standard of something. And it, to me, it becomes a problem once we start either comparing ourselves to others that in a way where we're either thinking that we're better than them or I know I fell into this often especially as a young kid like thinking that I was ugly and not as beautiful as everyone because of these insane standards that exist um, absolutely that, that for many people is just not attainable um yeah. yeah I do wonder about the because you also mentioned having an interest talking about reality tv and I really do think that uh you know, platforms like RuPaul's Drag Race and Dragula and all of these other opportunities for drag to appear in media really has changed what the standard for drag is. And I'm, Absolutely. Curious, I'm curious to know what your take is on that. I definitely agree with you. Um, I think that it was kind of before like reality television um, shows like that, that really showcased drag in a competitive form. I think that it wasn't really showcased in um in the like media as you know as much you know RuPaul kind of brought drag to the mainstream in the 90s and I think that really started to change and evolve the way that people did drag and intertwine drag with like the fashion industry like if you see now um some drag queens will get out of RuPaul's Drag Race and get like a modeling contract or do a brand deal with like, you know, a high-end brand. Whereas before the prizes for, you know, a RuPaul, like a competition in general may just be money or, you know, a trophy. But it's like the stakes I feel like are a lot higher with a lot more people watching you and having eyes on you. Your standards start to raise on what you want to see when you go out and see drag or, you know, what you expect to see when you go out to see a show. And sometimes it can be, um, a little challenging. I know for me personally, you know, when I'm thinking about my concepts, I'm like, has this been done before? Or are they going to look at it and be like, okay, this is basic, you know, compared to what I've seen, you know, like I always have to be aware of all of the, you know, 
the high, I guess the high stakes that you have to be a, a drag performer and to look your best. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that a lot of people, especially people who don't do drag, they just like come to the shows to watch. I feel like they have this automatic assumption that we are supposed to be able to turn, you know, looks that are super expensive and like we're supposed to have amazing wigs, amazing costumes every single time we're on stage. And I definitely think that because of Drag Race, it has made people who have never done drag and probably never should uh, think that they can all have an opinion on on drag artists. So I would just like to say to the listeners, if you are a person who has only seen drag through the lens of Drag Race and you're just now starting to go out into your scene, I just want you to know that, bitch, if you come up to me and you tell me, why are you wearing this cheap ass outfit? I will fuck you. (laughs) Okay, I'm like, Honey, they, it's not a joke when people say like, it takes a lot to look this cheap. Like, even if someone does like it's drag is expensive, you know, it doesn't matter like what someone's like drag persona is or whatever, like it is expensive and it's not something that is, I guess, something that someone should just be able to be like, oh, well, you didn't pay a thousand dollars for it. So you shouldn't be on stage. Like you have no idea what it takes to like have to pay for everything and just make everything yourself. Like it's a lot to be a drag performer in general. Yeah. And it's expensive, not just in money, like the energy that it takes. Um, I know the emotional energy for sure. The the emotional toll that it takes to perform, especially if you're like the type of person who does competitions like me and you constantly are losing, like I'm just always sad about my drag career and it's such a I don't think people talk about the mental health aspect of it as well, too. Yeah, like, and not just as in physical, because some people will say, yeah, it's like physically is awesome. But you have to, like how you said, like you are constantly growing and evolving. But the times where you're, you know, being shitted on, like, like I know in my beginning stages, like I felt really bad about myself because I struggled with makeup for, you know, the first year or two with my drag. And it was something that I knew I needed to work on and that I was actively working on. But I would see other performers and they would tell me, like, you need to work on this, this and this. And, you know, like, I'm I'm like, I'm trying, but, you know, you can't expect people to just automatically come out the gate knowing everything right away. You know, it takes time. And I don't feel like some people get enough time to learn and grow before they're just like hassled or told, oh, well you know, you're not good enough to do this or you should look like the girls on Drag Race and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I think too, like I I do easily fall into like being very critical of myself. It's very easy for me to get into that mindset. And sometimes I do feel like that I cannot fit this standard of beauty that I feel a lot of people want in a drag performer. Um, and I will say though, that I, I'm becoming a lot more confident just as a person. And so I think at this point, I just don't give a fuck and I just want to perform and have fun. And I, so I'm going to try my best to turn a look in the way that I want to turn a look. Um, but it is hard sometimes to not compare yourself to, to the pretty bitches. And you're definitely yeah. one of the, one of the pretty bitches. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, you'd be surprised, honestly. I, um, I know like in the beginning of my drag career, like I was just like, I want to just be the best person I can. Um, but of course, with the beauty standards, like we were talking about earlier, I always thought I had to wear boobs. Like have, wearing boobs has always been something that I was like struggling with because I was told by um, someone 
who used to be like a drag parent of mine, like you have to wear titties all the time. And I personally just was like, I don't want to wear them with certain outfits. But then at a certain point, it felt like weirdly dysphoric to like not wear titties, but it wouldn't go with every outfit and I just wouldn't feel good in them. And it was just like something I, I struggled with. And then once I let go of that, that standard of beauty that wasn't mine, I was like, just be you and do what you love creatively. I've noticed my drag has evolved since then, since I let go of, you know, those, those standards that were put on, you know, onto my drag. Is there anything about beauty standards and drag that you wish you could change? I wish that I could change the idea that drag has to look a certain way to get um, people, like get bookings because it, there is, I feel like somewhat of a stigma with certain performers um, who won't get booked as regularly as some other performers just because they aren't the standard of beauty or just the standard that people, um, you know, like the show cast runners may want at the time. So that's something that I wish that I could definitely change for sure. But I feel like it is changing and evolving everywhere. Yeah, before we go on break, I want to know one more thing. And that is for anyone that may be just starting drag, just getting into it. Is there any advice that you want to tell them in terms of like how to deal with the beauty standards of drag? Absolutely. I would say to just keep thinking about how you want yourself to be represented for you. Like I know for me, I grew up always dancing around in my room to like you know, like the different pop artists. Like I grew up in the era of like the Lady Gaga born this way and Rihanna and Beyonce, like all the pop stars. So I was always just dancing in my room and imagining myself being on that stage and just giving everything and giving my all. So I try to just think about that. And when I do my drag, I say, imagine how you want to see yourself and just keep building to get there and just be you and don't let people change who you you know who you want your drag persona to be well speaking of changing drag we are going to go ahead and change into the break and when we come back we, that was like an amazing segue when we come back we are going to yes. answer some listener questions so we will be right back I know this club where everybody goes because they always turn to Sigma's drag shows. And just so everybody knows, the best place to party is Atomic Rose. Atomic Rose is the place to be every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On Friday, Bella DeBall kicks off the weekend in the Rose Garden at 10 p.m. The dance floor opens at 12 a.m. Then on Saturday, comes the a drag show extravaganza that includes three rounds of entertainment in Dubal Room at 10 p.m. The dance floor opens at 12 a.m. And round out your weekend on Sunday. It's a rainbow brunch show with Bella DeBall at 12.30. Enjoy a full brunch menu by an award-winning chef starting at 11 a.m. Then join Patio Furniture as she takes over at 2 p.m. for Bingo with Patio. Not to mention, Atomic Rose has a great selection of drinks, delicious food, captivating performances, a live twerk contest with prizes, as well as so much more. Make sure you're following them on Facebook and Instagram at Atomic Rose Memphis for all of the latest updates. Atomic Rose is fun for everyone. 
and at the end of every show, you'll leave with just one question. Are you not entertained? Are you a hella good entertainer? Are you an everyday hella fabulous person? Then you need Hella Wigs. Hella Wigs is owned and operated by the beautiful Ella Rosa. She creates custom wigs that can be styled or unstyled, and they are hella fierce. I'm actually wearing the Miss Lily right now. She's the new Hella Wig custom unit. It's 200% density, hermitese for volume, fully synthetic, and she has a single knotted widow's peak to give you a realistic hairline. So if you want a wig that is hella gorgeous, contact Ella on Facebook or Instagram at Hella Wigs. That's H-E-L-L-A-W-I-G-Z. Links can be found in the description of this episode. All right, y'all. Welcome back from that amazing break. Um, Javon, what did you do? Um, I just, you know, relaxed, grabbed some popcorn, you know, grab my wine. <laughs> I love popcorn. You know, only eating popcorn, you know, gotta stay skinny. I was kidding. <laughs> I was what kind of wine? Like, what kind of wine do you like? I am a um, cheap wine drinker, but I'm also just a wine drinker in general. So if it has a flavor, you know, the the barefoot wine, honey, that's what I grew up on. <laughs> that's that's the wine. No, I don't think you understand. I'm obsessed. Okay. <laughs> very bad no I'm the same way I I don't understand like I just don't understand the idea of like oh this wine smells like hibiscus on a summer day like I don't know <laughs> it's okay. literally just alcohol let me drink it I tried to go like I went wine tasting with my friend and um for their birthday and I was trying to like taste the wines and be like hmm I think I know these different flavors I didn't know any of them I was honestly just tipsy but I felt like I knew the different flavors and that's what mattered, the fantasy. Well, speaking of tipsy, I think Annalise should go ahead and read this first question. Now, um, these questions are, let me let me take a little dabble into these. Let's see. Um, I think they're cute, they're cute questions. Are you excited to read these, Annalise? I know you've been working on your reading skills. Yeah, so, <laughs> so hard. Okay, so here's the first question. Um, I do like this question. So of the three, what is the most important element of drag? Makeup? the outfit or the wigs? Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, I think when I'm looking at a performer, I'm always paying attention to the outfit first just because I am a fashion person. So that's the first thing my brain and my eyes go to. So if your outfit is stunning and the makeup is, you know, like obviously in the growth stage and the wig may be, uh, you know, in the growth stage, if you have a bomb outfit, I feel like for me, it can rescue you. Like it, like I'll be like, okay, her outfit's fucking sickening. So like, I can't really be mad at the rest. Like the rest can be worked on. Yeah, I'm constantly in the growth stage. Um, I'm gonna agree with you. I think the outfit can really, really like be the saving grace. And especially if it's an outfit that has a very interesting silhouette. I just, I really love a silhouette. And I don't mean like it has to be like a curvy type of woman type of silhouette. I just like things that look interesting to look at and so I, I'm gonna say outfit for sure yeah like shapes like I love asymmetrical um like shapes especially on shoulders and I like big shoulder pads and I, anything that's very intricate and futuristic always just like makes it, ooh, okay like next level um I think for me 
I feel like, listen, makeup, outfit, and wigs are all important. But my thing I think is the most important thing about drag ever. It's not even in this three. It's performance. Like, if you are a good performer, you can walk out there with no makeup on, no outfit, and no wig. And if you entertain me, I will give you a dollar. Period. And see... I'm not gonna lie that's pretty much how what I relied on my first like when I was in my growth stage I was like baby I may not be the best at makeup my wigs may look a little you know every now and then but baby I'm about to dance like I would go out there every show and be out there jumping off stages like doing cartwheels dipping like I was like who I don't care if I'm performing for the bartender and two people like they're getting a show every time and that is a standard that I, I feel like I, I've tried to keep with my performances for sure. Speaking of standards, this next question is lowering the bar for us all. Um, Bam. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it reads, I hear a lot of people say that drag is art. What does that mean to you? Hmm. Okay, so if I could describe um, drag being art. So I think that drag in the sense of the word is taking something that could be seen, you know, in an everyday light and just giving it a very like, it's hard to find the words, but just like something that takes, takes everyday life. And I feel like either brightens it up or just like gives it uh, an extreme touch. So I'm someone who really loves to see just people doing different shapes with their, like maybe their face makeup or just wearing different silhouettes or just, there's so many ideas to drag. I don't feel like it's boxed in as just, you know, doing one thing over another. I think that there's just, it's so expansive that sometimes it's it's hard to explain, it's broad. Yeah, for me, I feel like drag is 100% art. I mean, literally everything that goes into it has something to do with, an artistic skill like if you're making hair you know doing hair that's a skill that um has you know artist I can't even speak Jesus Christ um makeup is a form of art like sewing you know we're creating a look from head to toe and that is art regardless of what kind of drag you do exactly so I definitely feel like drag is art what about you Annalie yeah when I think of what I define as art I think I think art is something that people create that is meant to be consumed by people to inspire something, whether it's inspired to like be sad, to be happy, inspired to be artistic. If you created something that was meant to inspire something, to me, that's art. And I think that's, that is exactly what drag is. Um, it is meant to um, inspire people to live in, in a fantasy that you're delivering to them and um, I also think of art as being an extension of you, of your thoughts, your ideas. And so again, drag just fits the bill for me. So that's what I think. I 100% agree. And like to even add on to that, like I know when I, with my drag persona, like I, I see it more as just like a even more confident version of myself. Cause when I go out on stage, like I feel like all of my fears and my anxieties have been kind of like in the back where and I'm like showing you know, the, what I'm trying to give to the people and just like make them feel happy and inspired when I'm on stage. So I, I love the way you described that. I think that was a great description. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I am pretty amazing. And <laughs> I, I also have this question, y'all, this question is triggering for me. All right, here we go. Ooh. What can you tell me about filing taxes? 
It's harmful, <laughs> dangerous, gross, disgusting, and should never be promoted. <laughs> What's a tax? <laughs> theft. It is theft. Oh, read. True. <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing that I can tell you about filing taxes. Um, I, the way that I've been doing it is with uh, uh, TurboTax. Um, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I know that I get two pieces of paper that I have to put into the computer and somehow I always have to pay someone money, um, even though you've already yeah. taxed me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And um, it makes no sense to me either. I'm like, okay, TurboTax told me what to do. Um, I just used to work at retail. So, I mean, my, my job isn't too hard, but some people are like, I have to go and get someone to do all of my taxes because I have like seven different businesses and we, you know, you got to sign this and do this. I'm like, oh my God, what? Right. And you think I keep receipts? No, I don't. Right. They're like, you got to keep all your receipts so you can get all this off. I'm like, I, I threw all my receipts away as soon as I, I get them. I'm like, thank you for the receipt. Balls it up. <laughs> no, in fact, I'm like, no, I don't want one. Please keep your paper. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, there's enough trees that are being taken down for you. Just let it, just let it go. Let's all just do it electronically. <laughs> yeah, if it's one thing that I've learned from having to file taxes, it's that I can never be like, an accountant or anyone that works with numbers like I hate math in general I hate reading I just hate doing things do you know what I mean like I hate doing oh, things do you know what you mean always <laughs> what is doing a thing I also hate filing fucking taxes like why I want my money so I can spend it hello America's like no thank you we're gonna we're gonna need that right. pass that over we need 30 percent of all of whatever you're doing Right. And then, and then, and then I have to pay again. I'm, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm going to get mad here. I told you this was triggering for me. I can't. You know, what really gets me though, tolls. Cause I feel like that really as a performer is what really like what I, the easy pass, the monthly times, mm -hmm. like they just really be trying to get you no matter what you do. Yeah. Imagine charging to be able to like drive. That's crazy. We you want to make it that. to, you want to make it to your gig on time? Give me 75 cent right now. That's literally <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> give me 75 cent you might make it on time with traffic well speaking of um things that are dumb this <laughs> this next question <laughs> this next question is good okay uh it reads who stole the cookie from the cookie jar girl who fucking sent this in well let me tell you right now it wasn't me all of these crumbs that are on my mouth are from the wine. So crumbs on your mouth. Uh, crumb. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not this. Uh, not this. I think that. Um, I think Annalise stole the cookie from the cookie jar, and here's why. Uh, Annalise can't be trusted. She's bald. Oh. oh. And uh, not her bald. hair ran away from her. Oh. <laughs> because she's a liar. So, um, honestly, yeah, wait, where's the soundboard? There it is. Yeah, get into it. That is the sound of my wig flying away from me. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Honestly, what do you think about this question? Um, I think America probably stole the cookie from the cookie jar because you know, you know how oh, it does. Honey, they believe they stole the election, so why not the cookies, baby? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, speaking of uh, finishing things, this is the end of the pod. Um, first of all, Javon, thank you so much for doing this with us. I had so much fun with you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a key key. Honestly, I think that we should just make sure the cookies get stolen every time. Right. Fuck them cookies, right? Fuck them cookies. <laughs> Fuck them cookies. <laughs> but That'll no, be the name of the episode. Fuck them cookies. I love it. With love. Wow. <laughs> Cookie monster shaking right now. <laughs> Quaking, honey, in the boots. <laughs> well, this is the end of the pod. Is there anything that you want to plug before you go? Oh, absolutely. Um, So if anyone wants to see any of my looks or performances, um, my Instagram is J-A-Y underscore S-L-A-Y-S 23, J-Slays 23. My Facebook is Javon Love, that's J-A-V-O-N-L-O-V-E. And you can find me if you're ever in Virginia at Godfrey's. I am at Godfrey's Angel in Richmond and um, every Wednesday night. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being here. I we re- Look, you are like our fifth person who we do not know. Um, and so it's always interesting to talk to people that you really, that you've never met before. And I'm really glad to, to have spoken with you. I really hope that, um, I start traveling more because there are so many people that I really just want to see perform in person. And you are definitely one of those people. And so, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. And I really hope we get to do a show together because you seem like a lot of fun. It's, it's fake. (laughs) Right. It seems like a lot of fun. Um, Speaking of fun, well, guys, this is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions that you want to send us, you can send them in the email. It's at the end of the pod. Make sure you listen all the way through and don't be homophobic and have a great day. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Are We Pretty with Annalie and Miami. If you would like to send in Q&A questions or to contact us, send us an email at arewepruitypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow Miami on Instagram at Miami, And you can follow Annalie on Instagram at Dreams. The music featured in the intro and outro is produced by Evans Beats. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. Stay, Stay pretty. pretty.